Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and I am bringing to you today uh, part three of a multi-part series entitled Purple Theory with today's message, specifically entitled Scripture based off of Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. So let us dive into the Word today. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves will never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Amen. Reading and meditating on scripture lay the foundation for Christian life. Let me say that again. Reading and meditating on scripture lay the foundation for Christian life. The Bible is called the living book for a reason. Every time I read a passage, it speaks to me differently than it has before. And throughout my life, the word has grown to be living living within me. There are times when I have fallen away from reading the Bible, of course. The truth is we all fall away from uh, healthy practices. And when my faith and spirit start to dry up, I know what I need to do because of how alive I feel when I am in tune with my Heavenly Father. One passage that has uh, spoken differently to me at different times is Matthew uh, chapter 14, verses uh, 24 through 32. Let me read that passage uh, for you quickly. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus, But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And when I was in third grade, passages like this one empowered me. They made me feel like I was not alone and that Jesus had my back, that all things were possible through him, and that all I needed to do was have faith. One time I was being bullied. I remember uh, when I was being bullied, I remembered this passage among others. A group of kids were ganging up on me to beat me up, which was not an uncommon occurrence. And with absolute faith in Jesus, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, I pointed at them and shouted, In the name of Jesus Christ, leave me alone. Of course, the kids laughed at me. But as they did so, as they did so, they walked backward away from me. Jesus had saved me from their bullying in that moment. Yet this year, that verse has spoken to me in a a different way because I'm in a different place. This pandemic has been a real challenge and I often feel I am out on the water like Peter. I've long since taken the leap of faith into ordained ministry. Many years and trials have since come come my way since I was that third grader. I found myself beaten by a storm that seems to be all around me. And as much as I am trying to stay on top of the water, I have sometimes felt like I am sinking. Yet in those moments, Jesus' words have called out to me, You have so little faith. Why do you doubt me? And, and this verse in particular, even, even Peter when he says, Lord, if it's truly you, call me out in the water and I'll, I'll walk to you. That was even a moment of doubt, wasn't it? He wasn't sure he believed that was really Jesus and he needed to be sure. He needed to have evidence and see right before him that Jesus was who he said he was in order to believe. So he got out of the boat in doubt started to walk in water on water which was a sign of his faith but it was a shallow faith in some ways and and when he saw the waves and the winds he started to sink and in these moments where i've questioned my leadership or questioned what's going on in the church or felt like i was sinking uh because of the pandemic and the circumstances surrounding and trust me i'm not the only pastor going through this I can feel myself overwhelmed by those circumstances. Yet in those moments, Jesus' words have called out to me, You have so little faith. Why do you doubt me? And Jesus in this passage is now reminding me that He is in control. He is the one who commands the storm, not me. I just need to have that same faith I did when I was a third grader. We all have things in our lives that shift in meaning over time, or things towards which our attitudes change. For example, did you feel, did you like coffee when you were six? Do you like it now? Tastes, skills, and relationships change and develop over time with experience and practice. But we have to spend time with something on a consistent basis for its true potential to develop in our lives. Our relationship with God needs time and attention through Scripture, just as our relationship with others needs time and attention through communication and care, etc. But how often do we really pick up the Bible and read? 
How often do we really take the time to get to know God? What does Scripture say? In Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, the Scripture says that the righteous delight in the law of the Lord. What do you think that means? What does it mean to delight in the law of the Lord? We think of all of the thou shalt nots and associate the law and the scripture as a, a whole book of judgment, of condemnation, a sort of instruction manual to avoid God's punishment. In fact, I have heard the Bible used as an acronym, B-I-B-L-E, or Beginner's Instructions Before Leaving Earth. But, but Scripture's purpose is not that. That actually well misses the mark. It's not simply a list of do's and don'ts. It's not instructions for us to practice life here before we leave here and go there. When we think of the Bible as only one thing, for example, do's and don'ts, we minimize its value for the whole of our lives. Scripture is life-giving and life-sustaining. It is not a quick fix or a fad diet. Studying scripture is a lifestyle change. There is beauty and grace in the midst of it, even when it's really difficult. In verse 3, uh, verse 3 gives the image of, of trees planted by streams of water saying that those who delight in Scripture are like trees planted along the riverbank. We can think of Scripture as the stream and the soil that we plant ourselves by and in. With time and consistency, Scripture helps us to realign our lives and be rooted and to grow. Imagine a tree that was always being uprooted and moved from place to place or that was only given small amounts of water. It would never take root and it would never grow. In fact, it most likely would die. It would never yield fruit of a faithful life, a strong relationship with God. When we meditate on Scripture... We can learn to find our story within it. All of our triumphs and screw-ups are in the Bible. It's not just an ancient, irrelevant text. Because God has chosen to be present to us through Scripture, the discipline of reading, studying, and meditating on Scripture is a life-sustaining one. One of the things that may seem confusing to you is how to go about reading the Bible. 
do you just start from Genesis and read straight through to Revelation? Do you read it like it's one big book? Did you know that the Bible is not one big book, but actually 66 books, at least um, the Protestant Bible? And there are even more books that were excluded from the Protestant Bible called the Apocrypha that were once considered a part of Scripture back when Jesus was, was uh, living and teaching. And the Bible's a bunch of books, not just one big book. And do you, you may ask, do you just randomly open the Bible up and read? Let me tell you this. There is no right way or wrong way to read the Bible. And the more you do it, the more you will establish your pattern, your routine. A good way to start is to pick up a devotional, which often gives you scripture suggestions. And you read those, you read the devotional, and that's a, that's a good way to get into studying the Bible. Or uh, download the YouVersion Bible app or BibleGateway.com, both of which have reading plans and devotions. I want to pause here and let you listen to this particular um, video on a specific way of reading the Bible called Lectio Divina. How do you encounter God? I'm Ryan with Rethink Church. In the United Methodist Church, which we're a part of, we believe that there are a number of ways of connecting with God through prayer, through worshiping in community, through doing good works. But the primary way of really connecting with God is by jumping into God's story in reading scripture, or rather by reading small parts of the Bible. There's a cool way of connecting prayer and searching the scripture that you can do on a daily basis. It's called Lexio Divina. All you need, of course, are scripture, or again, a short part of the Bible, in a few moments. And there are five steps to Lexio Divina. The first, you probably guessed, is to read. Pick a piece of scripture that can be a paragraph, a subsection, maybe just a couple verses out of the Gospels, and read it slowly and with intention, paying close attention to any words or phrases that stick out to you. This reading is going to be kind of like running your hand over a piece of wood. There's going to be something that, that pricks you or sticks out to you. Pay attention to that word or phrase that sticks out to you. And there you're going to move into the second step, which is meditation. Why do you think it is that that word or phrase stuck out to you? And step three then is to pray about it. Through conversational prayer, simply tell God what's going on with you as you read this piece of scripture. And that leads you into step four, which is maybe the challenging part, is to pause for a moment and listen. What do you think God is trying to enlighten you of or make you aware of as you read this piece of scripture at this particular point in your life? And that last question really leads you into step five, which is to resolve. Now that you've read it, now that you've prayed about it and meditated on it, what are you gonna do about it? So that is Lexio Divina in five steps to read, to meditate, to pray, to listen, and to resolve. Happy reading, and check back for more spiritual moments on the go. You may find other ways that are more helpful for you. Disciplines don't always initially feel like they're achieving that 
wow experience we're hoping for. Stick with it. It's not about achieving results right away. We're such a results um, we're such a results driven society. We want things now, instant gratification. We don't want to put the work in, but we want the results. But it's not about getting results right away. It's about building and shaping a life through commitment. As I said before, there is no one right way. The important thing is to do it regularly and remain committed. That said, reading and meditating on scripture, just as with any spiritual discipline, isn't about guilting yourself, feeling guilty when you don't do it or when you forget to do it or when you don't keep up with it right away. There's always a new day. If you didn't do it today and you remember that, don't feel guilty about it. Just do it tomorrow. Or do it in this moment that you think about it. What would it look like if we all engaged in this discipline together? We have regular classes where we engage in Bible and book studies that are of great value to those who take it. What would it look like for you to join one of those classes if you're in my community or a class, you know, wherever you are that you worship? What would it look like for you to join one of those classes? Yet I, I also believe that the church can do more to teach, promote, and encourage personal Bible study. So stay tuned in the near future for such training to develop. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it, but I have some ideas in mind. And other classes, uh, training folks on how to lead Bible studies. What, what if you chose to lead a Bible study? How awesome would that be? You don't have to be a biblical scholar to facilitate reading the Bible. Imagine what a whole forest of trees planted by the stream of Scripture would look like. Christ is calling us to that very scene. It is within our grasp to make it a reality. And I pray you will join me in rooting yourselves in Scripture. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you so much for this opportunity to grow in our spiritual disciplines. Let us use Lent as a time where we renew ourselves and draw closer to you, for this is what you're calling us to do. Lord, in all things, we trust you and we give you thanks for all that you are doing in our lives, and we put our trust wholly in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is, again, part three of a multi-part um, Lenten uh, series, uh, which will continue right on uh, through Easter season. So uh, I thank you for for joining us, and, uh, and I want to invite you to check out the episode notes. As always, if this is your main source of feed, spiritual feeding for the week, um, we would appreciate your support. There are links there to support First United Methodist Church of Newton, where I serve as pastor, uh, and your support will go to further the ministries of, of the kingdom in and around Newton. With that said, um, if this is just supplemental, you are more than welcome then to, uh, to give to wherever you go, uh, whatever church you attend. I'm sure they need it as much as we do, given the circumstances and the time. And remember, your pastors uh, are doing the best they can. Uh, so 
make sure that you give them uh, spiritual support and you know and uh, let them know that that um, that you appreciate what they're doing uh, because this is a crazy time none of us have uh, lived through a time like this before this is a <laughs> we're pioneers in a lot of ways because we have to be um, during this pandemic so just make sure you you support whoever is your pastor uh, but in the meantime friends remember you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.